Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, actually, it's the morning, rare morning recording. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and happy <laughs> brew years. Yes, we are recording in the morning because it's our year in review episode. I am one of your hosts, Michael, and with me is the other host who's been patiently waiting. It's me, baby New Year. <laughs> wow, wow. I, wham, wham. No, actually, it's me, Jeremy. Uh, this is this is weird having coffee with Oh, you're having coffee, session. too. I am having coffee too. Yeah, I yeah. heard you. I heard you slurping on the microphone, Michael. Mm-hmm. I better watch that, right? Yeah, yeah. In our in our pre-show discussions, yes. we always have because we're prepared. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, let's um, just kick it off normally with some beer brags. Okay. What do you got? Uh, so there is a no- R is R a number of good ones, but so Big Grove. We've heard them. Ah, we we yes. know them. We love them. They had a Richard. They had their Imperial Stout party earlier this month. Year, not exactly sure when it came out, but I had other plans that I missed it. But they also had a release of a new IPA. Uh, Michael, when you've been down here, have we gotten you Easy Eddie. I I don't think I've been there when Easy Eddie was out. Okay. Have you been here when Big Ed is on tap? What's their like flagship, or what you consider their flagship? Uh, I believe their flagship is. They claim it's the Big Grove IPA, but mm-hmm. I think it's Arms Race. Yes, I've had Arms Race. I don't think I've had Big Ed though. Okay, the the two that I've mentioned, as well as the one mm-hmm. I'm going to mention, are part of their hazy IPA entries. Easy Eddie is a, a standard five and a half six percent hazy IPA. Very excellent beer. I believe a friend of the show, Steve, will grab at least a four-pack of that every time they pop some out. Mm -hmm. Big Ed is their double, basically, imperial double, whatever you want to call it, version of that. And right before Christmas this year, they put out one called A Real Nice Surprise with a a picture of uh, the little flap hat. Uh, Michael, how familiar are you with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Um, I've seen it a long time ago okay christmas tree starts on fire i think a lot of things start on fire okay Okay. they had it not already been taken they could have called this beer cousin ed oh okay because it's named after randy quaid's character in that that movie (laughs) and it's like a different sort of double and it's really good i uh hazy oh boy okay um when I was down at the release party, they had, you know, they. I believe I sent you a picture of oh, them yeah. wheeling a pallet of beer out. <laughs> I believe they said they had a hundred cases of it in Iowa City and fifty in Solon at the flag at the original flagship brewery. Mm-hmm. But while I was waiting in line, I know they have installed coolers in the front, which may have always been there, but they were actually filled this time. And I noticed that they had both Easy and Big Ed sitting in there, so I got a flight. Basically, oh. I got two of the uh, a real nice surprise and one each of Easy Eddie and Big Ed as I have had those already, just to see how it progresses. Big Ed seems a little pinier, okay, which was unusual in a uh, hazy IPA right. because usually yeah. it's fruit. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still fruit forward, but mm-hmm. relatively a real nice surprise. Just it smells like you know you just peeled open a some sort of weird hybrid between an orange grapefruit. <laughs> tangerine mango it's got all of your favorites in there and it's delicious Mm. if you get a chance in the iowa city area to have it i highly highly recommend you do so okay what about you michael what do you got for me well i had a 
Christmas function <laughs> where I had a little uh, a little shot glass that I was drinking beers from as I'm the only one who can drive. But with that, I was able to try a lot. <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt, but is that what you do when you're the designated drivers? You just drink from a shot glass? No, I, this is the first time I've done that. But okay, because that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's hilarious to think of all these people yes. knowing about you know whatever sort of function you're at and they're all drinking you know out of cans bottles glasses and you're just sitting around there with a shot glass between your pointer and your thumb <laughs> with your pinky extended. That's kind of what it was. <laughs> Commenting on the hop profile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, you know you really have to savor it. Oh when yeah, you of course. Only have 1.5 ounces. Good point. So I had a. Uh, fortunate enough to have triple Degar again, which is always good. I've talked about that before. Had another triple from Sunshine Brewery in Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Uh, It was nice to compare those two. Um, The American one was a little harsher than the esteemed Belgian one. They tend to be. But it's still good. A Belgian Strong also from Sunshine. Dark Something, a barrel-aged imperial stout from Wisconsin Brewing Company. That's the actual name of it, not you forgetting the name of it. Yeah, yeah, it's actually Dark Something. Okay. Um, That was interesting. It was very barrel-y, but it was so roasty that the roast punched through at the end. Interesting. So it was very strongly flavored. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And then so the one I actually want to brag about, though, probably my favorite one of the night, was a triple from Boom Island, which we've actually had on the show before, called Brimstone. But this one was aged in Buffalo Trace Ooh. bourbon. Are you familiar with that? I am indeed. How does it? It's good, good? stuff. It's a, it's a little harsher than your standard bourbon, but mm-hmm. I, bl- I believe it's got a couple extra points on the uh, the proof. Oh, okay. But it's, I, I mean, when you have that big old picture of a buffalo on the label, you expect something to kind of stampede over <laughs> you. And it, it's not like some sort of wild turkey 101 or anything like that, but it is. It's a little hairier than your average bear. Okay. So that's interesting because so, um, this was a triple. And I'm like, okay, how oh. is this going to work? Cause, In- interesting. I forgot about that. Yeah, like the delicacy of a triple, and then you have to layer this bourbon flavor on top of it. Mm-hmm. But they did it very well. It was the bourbonity was very subtle <laughs> and maintained the delicacy of the triple flavor, which you could still taste. But mm-hmm. it was strong enough that like, oh yeah, I can tell this has been barrel aged. Mm-hmm. So it was still had that, it was really nice. So it had that delicate flavor of a triple that I like along with the interesting aspects of a, a barrel aged beer. So interesting. Uh, and I've never had a triple that's been barrel aged before. So that was a new thing on my yeah, that's, palate. Yeah, uh, that's bizarre. I don't know if I've ever had anything like that. Yeah. That one is interesting. Um, I guess if you ever see a triple that's barrel aged, maybe check it out because it's... Mm-hmm. This one, they at least pulled it off, and it worked very well. So Interesting. Jeremy, should we enter the American Pale Mail Mail Pail? Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. As this is our technically last episode of the year, first episode of the year, I don't know um, when this exactly comes out, but mm-hmm. maybe we can put a button on Fricklegate. <laughs> um, <laughs> Council the show, living up to his name. This bothered me, and I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why wrote an extensive memo on Frickles, doing a little research into it, and wrote a uh, a legal memo? A memorandum? And, uh, yeah, the full word there, on the topic. 
buckle your seats, folks, because I'm going to read this in full yeah. <laughs> right now, just because it's fun. To Jeremy and Michael from Council of the Show. Date 2-1918. Re-prickles. Okay, here we go. On the December 11th, 2018 episode of the American Pale Mills podcast, episode 192, Chimp in a Frickle, you requested that Council of the Show issue an opinion regarding the use of the term frickles to refer to fried pickles. I have researched the issue on your behalf and can report the following. As a preliminary matter, I should disclose that I was present on December 2nd, 2018 at Mosley's Barbecue and Provisions, <laughs> 125 East Cellar Street, North Liberty, Iowa, when Jeremy ordered, quote, frickles. It is my recollection that this menu item was listed on the menu as fried pickles and not frickles. Jeremy expressed great surprise and, I should say, delight at reporting back that the staff had never heard the term frickles before, despite being an establishment that had frickles on the menu. The question at hand seems to me to be this. Is frickles a common enough term that it should be surprising that the staff of a barbecue restaurant hadn't heard it before? Prevalence of frickles generally. Upon cursory review, it does not appear that frickles is as common as a term as fried pickles. A Google search for frickles conducted on December 19, 2018 returned approximately 330,000 results. A search for fried pickles conducted on the same date returned approximately 2,100,000 results. Of further note, the top result for frickles was the UrbanDictionary.com definition of the word, which supports the theory that the word is less commonly accepted slang. The top results for frickles were all recipes and pictures of fried pickles, footnote 1, which were delicious looking, but primarily coins rather than the superior tasting spears, and the Wikipedia entry for fried pickles. A search of Wikipedia for Frickles gives no result. Not only is there no Wikipedia entry for Frickles, Wikipedia does not even redirect to the page for Fried Pickles. See footnote 2. Wikipedia instead asks, did you mean freckled? Microsoft Office does not accept Frickles as a properly spelled word. It is clear that, at least on a nationwide scale, Frickles is no more than a colloquialism for Fried Pickles rather than a properly accepted word. Possible local use. Jeremy additionally notes on the podcast that the term frickles may have more prominent local usage. He specifically cited the restaurant-slash-pub Donnelly's as referring to frickles. However, a review of Donnelly's menu, see footnote 3, which is the website, a PDF of the menu, shows a highlighted menu item for fried pickles, not frickles. I have personally eaten at Donnelly's Pub, 110 East College Street, Iowa City, Iowa, more than a hundred times, primarily between the years of 2005 and 2010, I do not recall any specific nor prevalent use of the term frickles well there. To be fair, I typically order the Reuben sandwich, fish and chips, or Guinness beef stew. I can think of no other evidence at this time which would show that the use of the term frickles is more prevalent in Iowa City or the Midwest versus any other parts of the country. I would like to agree that if it were more prevalent to anywhere, the Midwest seems most likely as stereotypically Iowans love both pickles and frying random foods. Knowledge of the waitstaff specifically. Okay, this is the last section, I think. The last issue pertains to the surprise at those particular individuals being ignorant of the term frickles prior to Jeremy's use of the term on December 2nd, 2018. On one hand, they work in a restaurant, which should make food terms, even slang or colloquial terms, more familiar to them. On the other hand, this was not a restaurant that specializes in that particular item. 
Fried pickles was one of many side options to order along with your varieties of smoked meats. Additionally, workers, to my memory, at this location were not seasoned restaurant veteran types, but the more typical busy part-time college student types more common of a university town. Based on the above, I do not find it surprising that the restaurant staff at Mosley's was unfamiliar with the term frickles. Well, it is a common enough slang term that I've heard of it and used it, it is far from the most prevalent term or commonly accepted term. Although, I have personally used the term, and it is a term easily understood, particularly in context. However, I cannot say that I would be brave enough to order frickles in a restaurant with full confidence that I would be understood and I would be prepared to offer an explanatory addendum to my order. Yours in clarity, Council of the Show. Thank you, Council of the Show, for writing in about that. Jeremy, what say you? What do you think about that? Is that decisive or... Well, no, it's not decisive, Michael. <laughs> right, as we saw from a picture he showed. You're absolutely right. Uh, lawyer refuted, I believe, is what I tagged it on. Uh, we recently went out for friend's birthday to local... Oh, you've been to the Chop House? Yeah. Yeah. The beer barn? With the beer barn. So I'm sitting there working my way through the beer barn, and I'm looking at a menu trying to decide how big of a steak I want to destroy myself with it was, <laughs> it was 16 ounces by the way lo and behold i notice in the i believe it's the appetizers or starters section of the menu frickle right there on the menu it's out there i'm not crazy <laughs> my follow-up question is yes sir do you think you saw that before and subconsciously use the word frickles or have you been using it long enough that the iowa chop house menu item does not even factor into your usage I'm sure I've subconsciously pulled that one away because I do like a good portmanteau. Okay. But you know what? I, I don't care. I've been vindicated. <laughs> I'm sure I got it from there and have just been using it. Also on Twitter, following up from our Christmas episode, good old Mike, host Emeritus Mike, uh, we were talking about the Claymation Christmas. Yeah, we were. <laughs> and he did reach out and says that it was viewed yearly in our family. The We Three Kings and Carol of the Bells were big hits. That's on the special itself they do those songs mm -hmm. and he, he said our vhs which was recorded off the tv was sadly lost for many years after my sister accidentally taped over it with days of our lives that's a bad form <laughs> yeah so you have to label those things man yeah not so much anymore well with the advent of dvr and well digital media but right we also that i don't know if you've seen this or not michael but uh i i had told mike that the whole thing is available on youtube which it mm -hmm. is and Grub of the Show chimes in with a, for a while, I thought I hallucinated that whole thing. Thank <laughs> God for YouTube. Yeah, I could see why you would think that might be a fever dream or something. Michael, you have a toddler. Have you uh, have you watched this with the young one? No. You know what? That might be a <laughs> nice um, sample. Like, get a clean slate of uh -huh. somebody not even born in the, like, the claymation era, and I'll show it to her when she's five or six and can like yeah comprehend what's going on and... If she's like, uh, can we turn this off? This is really weird. Or if she's like really into it. More, more. I, I have a, uh, I have a three-year-old that's going to be crashing here in a couple days. Mm -hmm. uh, spud of the show. Ah, yes. I believe. Maybe if his parents can see it, I'll subject him to the claymation Christmas, but we'll see. <laughs> she may have already done that for all I know. Yeah. I'll, I'll find out in a couple days. Okay. And strangely enough, somewhere in that chain of tweets, the Twitter account Claymation Xmas, <laughs> named Rex and Herb, 
which <laughs> claims to be a Twitter page for fans of Will Vinton's Claymation Christmas Celebration. Oh, God, it's one of those people. Liked it. Yeah, so they must be, like, searching for people talking about this. And, yeah, I clicked on the account, and <laughs> the most recent post posted on the 26th is a very disturbing image of, I think, Herb is, yeah, Herb's the uh, Stegosaurus or whatever, who is engorged himself almost like the movie Seven style from eating so much food <laughs> and his um, shirts busting open. It, it just, while mm-hmm. I appreciate the like, it just highlights that how disturbing <laughs> this thing is upon uh, retroactive viewing. So, mm-hmm. okay, I got to close this page. <laughs> yeah, please do. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thanks everybody for getting in touch. Jeremy, shall we move on to the the main event the main event yeah that's a good thing to call it yeah yeah should we do some of your categories here jeremy why yes we get into the beer of the year uh so we came up with a few shecky-esque year end of the year categories so michael we're going to start with best beer name of the year that we had yes i think i know where you're going to go with this do you have one and it's probably Um, the same as mine one really jumps out at me Uh uh-huh and i Say jump because the sound effect might match us. Sploing. That's right. That's the one. Yeah. We had that at your home. Yes. In February? Yeah. Oh, that was God. very early on. It was early in the year. It was still kind of cold and crappy out, but not, not necessarily snowy. Yeah. Yeah. And like compared to that, the rest of the names are fairly standard. <laughs> like compared to Sploing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to top that, so... Honorable mention for A Tout Le Monde, if only because it's oh, a yeah. uh, Megadeth song. Yeah, that that was a good combo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Looking through the others here. Spicoli was a good, is a good name. <laughs> yeah. Tip the Cow. I don't know. That was Tip the Cow is a good one. Yeah. Stingy Jack. Yeah, that was a good one for uh, the backstory. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I think Sploing takes it. Sploing also had the uh, the unique characteristic of actually being a good beer. <laughs> it was a pretty good one. Yeah. What's the next category, Jeremy? The next category, Michael, is adjunct of the year in a supporting role. Yes. So I'm going to uh, leave this one to you for the first remark anyways. I think we talked a lot about coconut. Uh-huh. And we kind of wrapped that up at the end of the year with the- Coconut. Black rock. Yeah. Pumpkin spice always comes up every year. It does. And I think, could this be a startling upset from Blue Raz, that flavor? <laughs> Any any others that you want to mention, Jeremy? Because uh, I'm going to go with the maple syrup and the Canadian breakfast stout. I realized oh. that was that was kind of a uh, an oddball mm-hmm. one, but I th- I think that's an adjunct. I think that counts. I I would say that counts. Uh, also, other good ones were the cranberries and cranberry tart, and mm-hmm. the the raspberry Sparies and the raspberry and... latte. Yeah. Did you brag about another maple syrup beer? or Am I just imagining that? I I mean probably. Yeah. <laughs> We can give it to the maple syrup because that's unique. I'd probably give it to the raspberries because I really like that beer. But oh, okay, you mean the raspberries in a raspberry latte, not yes. the blue raz, not the blue raz, which are not actually raspberries. Right, it's just raz. Okay, um, it tastes like blue. <laughs> maple syrup is a pretty unique adjunct that um, maybe we got to keep on our radar a little more. It'd be I think nice so. To uh, try it in more isolated conditions. It seems like more and more people are messing around with maple syrup and other super odd adjuncts for lack of a better word number three michael worst beer of the year gut feeling not rating right that we had that we had these are all that we show yes so there's an obvious one on here but Uh, yeah this is where we find out if expectation 
factors in. Right. So we knew that the Steel Reserve Blue Raspberry was going to be bad going into it. Most definitely. And it was bad, but mm-hmm. was it the worst? Right. Does it stick out in your mind? What are you going with? Well, so last year we gave it to New Belgium Cherry Almond Ale. Oh, yeah. That was, that was not good. This year I'm going to go similar with another big brewery that I had high expectations for this one, and I just didn't like that much. I wonder if I we may have the same one here, Michael. I'm going Sam Adams, Sam 76. Oh, okay. It's not the same one. Okay, what are you going with? That one was the Sam. Well, we can talk about the 76. Okay. That one was terrible. That was second place for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just the fact that, you know, maybe the can we had was old. Maybe it got soap in the lines. I don't know. Because not right. it was shocking how off base that one was. It was just, I mean, there's a difference between a beer that you're like, ah, that's not for me, but I can tell that it's well made. That one just <laughs> was bad. And I can't really put my, I don't remember now because I've tried to scrub that from my head. <laughs> but uh, that was pretty gross. Um, I'm, I'm going with Samurai from Great Divide. That was my other one, yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember it being kind of a nothing. Right. I, I think the disappointment factored in there. And if I remember right, there was a bit of a gamey taste, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. It just everything else from Great Divide has been at least, you know, a hair above average to pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. I like their Yeti quite a bit. But this one was just hot garbage. And I had definitely thought about getting it multiple times because it's a rice lager. And it has a, pic- a cool picture of a samurai. And they've got striking logos on the cans. But yeah. Ugh, it was no good. Those were two disappointing ones. Mm-hmm. And in fact, those are also the beer bombs of the year. They are. There was actually only one true beer bomb, which got a one or less <laughs> this year, which was the Blue Raz. <laughs> the Blue Raz. And those two got two or less, so they're the beer bombs runner-up. So it makes sense that they true. were considered the worst beer of the year yeah. for our taste test. It's true. But Michael, enough of the bad. Mm-hmm. Out with the batter, in with the good. Brewery of the year. Yes. We have to have rated this at least twice in the past year. What are you going with? Well, so this is what I have. I don't know if you have any additional ones that we've rated twice. Ale Asylum, Dogfish Head, New Belgium, Reunion, Seven Hills, and Weihenstefaner. Oh, yeah, because we did the uh, the Brow Pact. Brow Pact. Okay. And so... So we do include the brewery blowouts here with the uh, Seven Hills and Reunion. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't include the brewery blowout, we still did Reunion twice. Oh, yeah. We did Tank Puncher. Tank and... Puncher. And the the blowout, yeah. Yeah. I'm tempted. I'm going between Reunion and Vife and Stefaner. So those were the two I go with. I don't know what you're, what you're thinking, Jeremy. Well, I Our have... Dogfish I... had the 60-90-120 was good, too. That, that, was, that was really good, but... That was more of a, uh, let's put on our hats and get out, you know, our dual monocles. Yeah, and analyze. And analyze, because it was just like, all right, these are fancy beers with a name. I'm going with Reunion, if only because the previous, I mean, I know I bring this up every single time, but when they first started out, I was not that big of a fan. Mm -hmm. It, It just, it was perfectly fine, but in the past year, year and a half, they have really kicked into overdrive. They've nailed the core styles with uh, the pub ale, which I believe we had last year, and just the basic IPAs, and then they came out swinging with the tank puncher. And, yeah, uh, I really like ju- that one. And the juice factory, just their kind of hazy, super fruity IPAs. Mm-hmm. But even with the uh, the weird stuff, like the black IPA, 
Dark Angel? Black, no, Black Angel is the name of the thing in the graveyard. Yeah. That one is one of my favorite beers of the year. The Hermit, I remember liking. Oh, yeah, that was a decent one, too. And, yeah. I mean, just all those ones that we looked at, and the fact that they can kind of go all over the map with the styles. Mm-hmm. Just like Toppling Goliath is pretty much just IPAs. And I hope you like IPAs and the occasional overpriced stout. <laughs> right. But with this, it's like, if you go there, if you wanted stout, you can get your hands on a stout. If you want any brand of IPA, be it hazy or piney or old school or session. or Yeah. And in 2017, there. we had that pub ale, which was really good, too. Exactly. Nice standard kind of beer. So, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I, I'll go through Union, too. Um, Vi and Stefano, you know, they've had, what, like, 600 years to receive accolades yeah what, <laughs> what? It's like well aren't they closing and, in on a century a century millennia, a millennia? Yeah, more than that yeah, i thought they were like 1040 oh yeah maybe you're right <laughs> so they're they're doing okay yeah, they're um, fine they don't need they don't need the help reunion's a little more dynamic agree and more interesting at this point for us i agree and easier to find <laughs> it's right, <laughs> right, yeah. right up the street from me it's awesome <laughs> okay so we got a lot of Beers of the Year nominees here. Okay. I'm not even going to bother with the runners-up, which would be a rating of four or a combined guest host rating of greater than four. Mm-hmm. Because we have 15 oh, nominees, um, which would be an average host rating of greater than four. And here they are. I'll just go down the line, and then we can kind of see which one we want to dub Beer of the Year. Mm-hmm. All right. Starting with the... 4.13 rating. We have Hofrau Maybach, Dogfish Head 90 minute IPA, Dogfish Head 120 minute IPA, and Stone Totalitarian Stout. Moving to 4.25, Single Speed Tip the Cow Stout, Millstream Raspberry Latte Stout. Yeah, buddy. Orville, Vihef, Stefaner Fest Beer, Cigar City High Ally. Moving on to 4.38. Reunion Tank Puncher IPA. Vihan Stefaner Brow Pact. That's interesting. That was higher than the Fest beer. Trapeze Rochefort 6. That's good. Moving on to 4.5. Einger. Einger. Oktoberfest. We never did figure out how to say that. No. Now it's coming back to bite us. Um, Decadent Ales. A double Toasted Marshmallow. Oh, and yeah. North Coast Barrel Aged Old Rasputin 20. So many razzes in this year. Yeah, Rasputin, Blue Raz, mm-hmm. Raspberry Latte. Um, I think I know what I want to give it to. I believe I know as well. Um, I realize it's not doesn't make for very dramatic listening, but I, well, I'll let you go first, Michael. Okay. You've had a bigger year than me. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Einger, Einger Oktoberfest. Because the Oktoberfest style, we really focused in on it this year. We had a lot of discussion about it, what we like about the international versions, what we liked about the U.S. versions, and um, just a lot of discussion around that. And just a really good memory of <laughs> pouring down some belts with Jeremy at a sanctuary Indeed. over a picture of that Oktoberfest. So, Thanks, trivia. <laughs> that's my uh, nominee but I'm open for um, possible other ones as a lot of these beers are good and uh, I would love to have again. So so mine is going to be uh, similar in circumstance, mm. but com- 
completely different in taste. I'm going to go with the double toasted marshmallow from Decadent Ales. Decadent Ales. We had that up in your neck of the woods mm-hmm. in your in your uh, at your dining table, if memory yeah. serves. And that was a really good day. We had some good beers, but I think I'm going with this one because I had no clue what to expect out of a marshmallow IPA. Yes. Let alone the fact that it was good. Let alone the fact that it was outstanding. One of the highest rated ones of us for the uh, for the year. And it was just the fact that it it straight up tasted like a toasted marshmallow, but it didn't stray away from the. If memory serves, it was a bit of a fruity IPA as well. Yeah. Kind of like a dreamsicle. Right. Which don't they have a creamsicle IPA too? I think they they do. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean that beer was unlike anything I've had before in a, mm-hmm. a completely good way. Um. A, a rare treat. I could give it to that because that was that was a good time and that was a really we don't we don't have to be in unison, Michael. That's we can... true. We can have two beers of the year. It's um, true. I, I, I no, I I'm I'll give it up for Decade and Nails because that was that was going to be my other one, my second nom. Anger was my second nom as well. And I think Decadent Ales, that also kind of opens the door for potentially future episodes of trying more of their wine. They do have a lot of those at uh, Dirty John's at the corner of Market and uh, Gilbert Street, Iowa City, Iowa 52246. <laughs> I did find somewhere here that has it as well. Ooh, interesting. So, yeah. They are absurdly expensive, though. Yes. Yeah, that's the only um, downside, but... We know it's perfect for that environment where uh-huh. you're getting together with people and doing some face-to-face tastings. So, otherwise, I was thinking um, that Dogfish had. Well, we've kind of talked about that already. The side by side that was mm-hmm. really fun too. That was but... good. Quick update on Decadent Ales. Mm-hmm. Their tap room opens tomorrow at 11 a.m. <laughs> I did see that because I went to their website recently. <laughs> I'm at that right now. But it's like in New York, isn't it? Uh, get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, kids. Bye, kids. The figgy pudding, coconut almond macaron, <laughs> holiday French toast. Yeah, just taking that dessert beer into the whole new domain. Coconut s'mores, ectoplasmic orange, citrusy orange and tangerine give this IPA a refreshing, bur- a refreshing burst of flavor that will take you back to your lunchbox days in the cafeteria. Oh my god. Whatever could they be talking about, Michael? Uh, ecto cooler. Thank you, Michael. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we'll make that a point for next year to bring the reigning champ back again. I think that's a good idea. Have him defend the belt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it got interrupted by three Floyds. Oh, the the referee calls the match off and Decadent Nails. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, well, funny you should mention that. I do plan on making it back out to Dark Lord this year. Ah. So it's entirely possible we have a run in by a, a recently heel turned uh, three Floyds <laughs> Brewing Company. Out of Munster, Indiana. That's interesting. That brings us to New Beer's resolutions. This is what you had that you wanted to do. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Over the course of this year. I don't like this. Don't worry. I didn't really live up to mine either. (laughs) Thanks, Michael. I think you did did some of these. Uh, You said it's try the Citra Triad flight at Big Grove. I don't think I made that this year. But you did have like the Eddie series. I did have a different version, so I'm going to count that as a win. Yeah. Uh, you also had Go to Dark Lord 2018. Ugh. Didn't work out this year. That didn't happen this year. And then you also wanted to make a, with Brew Hoo Hoo, uh-huh. your home brews, Belgian-style beer, La Fin du Mer 2. So we didn't do that, but fun fact, I did make headway into next year's because I this year I learned how to harvest yeast. If you'll remember, 
The mm. only thing that was hold that we felt was holding us back is the yeast was a little off. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to. Here's one for this year. Okay. I'm going to do that this year with a friend of the show, Steve, potentially others, and I'm going to use Lafin Dumont's yeast, whether they like it or not. <laughs> that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Should I also put Dark Lord 2019? Sure. What the heck? Oh yeah, why not? <laughs> that I think that one has a. A higher chance of going happening this yeah. year. I've already begun preliminary uh, discussions about this with right. cousin of the show and grub of the show. Put some backup pedals on your bike and yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is what I had for my new beers resolutions: uh, drink more samples at the local beer store. Um, <laughs> I did get out there like once or twice, but not so much. Um, the other one was have more bombers. Which maybe I did with Dad of the Show a little uh-huh. bit, but did, um, Sammy Claus. Yes, that was a bomber, wasn't it? Um, well, yeah, we'll count it as a bomber. And then one time, Dad randomly had King Sue. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good. Um, that's good stuff. So, whereas I might not have procured the bombers, I did have a few bombers this year. And my final New Beer's resolution was do the Iowa Brew Tour, which we. We kind of did. A little bit, yeah. We're definitely doing that next year. Yeah. So I think I'll make my new beer's resolution for next year is to keep drinking beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to set the bar pretty low because I'm going to be kind of busy. Yeah, just a little. Year. Just a but, little. Um, we'll see. Uh-huh. Um, keep the show going. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it's always good to look back on those and see where our head space was at mm-hmm. and uh, see where it's at now. But we'll look forward to the end of the year next year and see how we do yeah i i have a feeling that we're going to be able to take down that iowa brew tour because i think that's the plan for my bachelor party oh i don't know when that is or any of the details but my goal is to rent out like a uh, a large van or or heck maybe just pay a company to take us around because i think they do that too and just hit every brewery between here and uh, the far end of Cedar Rapids. Ah, uh, yes. It sounds prudent. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that has been the episode. Obviously, no FDR um, this episode. as It's just kind of a clip show. And uh, stay tuned as we're doing a little format change in the early half of next year, or this year. Just for a little while. Just for a little while. Actually, you might like it. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, don't send in your emails <laughs> Yeah, because of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're just banking a few uh-huh. and, um, in a new format that I think you'll like. I agree. Oh, I should do the social media stuff. You can find us, APMPod everywhere, Twitter, Facebook. Email us, APMPod at gmail.com. Also, APMPod on Untapped. We're host emeritus Mike, keeper of the Untapped, former owner of VHS of Christmas <laughs> Claymation. Keeps up with all of our ratings there. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Yeah. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.